How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by Ben Gorwitz on Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Ben, say what's up to the people, man. What's going on? What's going on? The football season has unfortunately ended, but that just means college basketball and the NBA is ramped back up. Uh, baseball fans, I wish I had better news for you, but it's going to be a while. Yeah, it looks like it's been a while in baseball, guys. Can't say that I don't. I don't know whose side I really want to take on this one. Baseball, I mean, I, 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 I'm all about player empowerment, but at the same time, the owners might have a decent point on baseball. But Ben and I could go on a 45-minute tangent on that one, but we'll save that for another day. But anyway, guys, yeah, let's get down to it, man. So, Ben, it happened, man. The Rams won the Super Bowl. You you were correct on the Rams winning the Not Super Bowl. Not by four, though. My Bengals plus four and a half hit for me. How did your How did your other prop bets go? I know T Higgins hit pretty fast. For I went, you. yeah, I went two and one. Uh, I'm Cooper Cup, I mean, that was the juiced one that I took. The uh, which the square prop that we took that one hit, and <laughs> I told you I should have taken him to score two touchdowns, uh, but I didn't know Odell was going to get hurt. So yeah, I went two and one on props in the Super Bowl, uh, two and two overall since I had the minus four for the Rams. But overall, pretty good Super Bowl since I had such a small card. But uh, listen, T. Higgins, I mean, even without the long touchdown, where it probably should have been called back on a face mask um, on Jalen Ramsey. He probably would have hit it anyway. That, that dude was just – he was sensational. Uh, in the Super Bowl, really all postseason and all year for the Bengals, he was very good for them. And um, the one that didn't hit for me, what was the one that didn't hit for me? It was uh, – I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Um, oh, Joe Joe Mixon over receiving yards. That wasn't close to hitting, so lost that one. But went two and one on props. So hey, well, the, the funny part about it is, so I took Joe Mixon receptions over, which he hit easily at five receptions right. for zero yards. Believe it yeah. or not. And so it's kind of funny because we both kind of had the same handicap there. I just went the receptions route. You went the yardage route. And then on the flip side of things, you went the touchdown route on Cooper Cup. I went the yardage route, and I lost somehow. How does the Super Bowl MVP not go over his yardage prop? I mean, it's a crazy thing to think about. But overall, it was a good Super Bowl for me. Hit both my max bets. Um, Overall, I went five and three on props. The other props I didn't take, like McPherson, that one would have hit. The kickoff not going out of the air. The first kickoff was the opening kickoff a touchback. I don't think it was right. Yeah, the, he he didn't return. He like put his hands up to tell his team that he wasn't even coming out with it. Okay, see, I couldn't even take that one. My book didn't have it, unfortunately. But I guess I would have lost that one. But I mean, overall, Ben, I'd say we were pretty on point with our predictions in the game. Um, glad we didn't get involved on any Odell stuff because I think Odell finished like five yards under his prop, which he got basically in a quarter and a half of play. I feel I feel so bad for him. I mean, listen, people people don't like him for various reasons. They think he's cocky, this and that. That dude, when he became an L.A. Ram, all he did was put success on the football field for them. He did not complain. Mm -hmm. And it looked like – I said it multiple times. It looked like he found the joy of football again. And it's unfortunate. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to be 30 years old, I believe. And I think this is his third knee surgery. So, um, you know, I hope he can bounce back. He's a guy that, like – to me, he's like the football version of, like, a Russell Westbrook. And what I mean by that is, like, his skill set might not be – the top end of the receivers, but his mm -hmm. he's so he's so talented because of how athletic he is, 
And when you just have constant knee surgeries left and right, you obviously lose some of your speed. And he hasn't up until this point, so I hope he does bounce back. I hope he uh, goes back to the Rams because him and Stafford worked well together. Him and Cup worked well together. And uh, it's just, you know, he was putting – he was just putting some bad situations. Part of it was his actions, but he feels like he was forced out of the Giants. I don't necessarily disagree with him. The Browns, I don't think he was treated very great there. I mean, his quarterback and him were always constantly fighting. And I don't know. I I feel bad for him. He had a great season for the Rams. He deserves to be re-signed, and uh, I hope to see him back in football pretty soon. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. I hope C.O. Doe back in there. And, yeah, I mean, ever since that year the Giants made the playoffs and got bounced and got embarrassed in the first round, I mean, really looks like Odell did had enjoyed football since that moment, you know. So it feels good to see him kind of, you know, find his love for the game again. Definitely hate to see that for him. Let's talk about the game, though, in general, Ben, and how everything played out. Look, the Rams probably would have won that game even bigger if that Odell didn't get hurt and they didn't have Tyler Higby at that point, it was basically just Cooper cup. And yeah. I mean, Cooper cup definitely deserved to win MVP in my eyes. I mean, Cooper cup, in my opinion, is the best receiver in the NFL hands down. I mean, when his team needed him most, he just found a way to get open and make it happen. I mean, when the Packers couldn't get anything going on offense, Devonte Adams couldn't shake him and get open. Deandre Hopkins was injured and could even be out there on the field for his team. Cooper cup just willed it and found a way to get open and make it happen. I mean, on the last play that, play where he scored the touchdown I think it was Mike Hilton who was lined up on him I mean he juked him so bad that he looked like he's about to fall and I actually heard a pretty cool insight on it so Cooper Cup is like one of the considered one of the best blocking wide receivers in the league so when he came inside like that they thought he was going to set a block rather than so Hilton kind of cut in at first and then it was all over from there you know he already had the game winning touchdown yeah the game winning touchdown I think it was I think it was Eli Apple okay well if it was Eli Apple then yeah it probably was Eli Apple because he was getting torched on Twitter um, but anyway, yeah, I thought Cooper Cup definitely deserved it. You know, he came up the biggest for his team when he needed it. Now, I will say this, though. As much as I want to say that they would have blown them out if that they had Odell and if the offense was healthy at the same time, though, I feel like that played to Cincinnati's disadvantage, the fact they got up. I thought Cincinnati got way too conservative on offense and played more not to lose the game rather than win the game. At the end of the day, man, in the NFL – it's pretty tough for wide receivers to get separation from D-backs. Cincinnati's whole offense is built around having two humongous wide receivers that they just throw the ball up to, and those guys go get it, which is T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase. I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen Joe Burrow throw a ball to Jamar Chase. I thought he had zero chance, and he went and made it. I mean, he made it on that one play he had down the field on that first drive where Cincinnati kicked the field, got on the board the first time. You know, I mean, I don't know how he made that catch. That was a hell of a catch, but – I really feel like that Cincinnati went way too conservative and that's what hurt them the most. Like you didn't see them in the fourth quarter until that they lost the lead again, try to throw up any of those 50, 50 balls anymore. And I feel like that really took away from what they do best when Joe Burrow just slings them down the field and either Jamar chase makes the player. It's an incomplete pass, you know? So I feel like that as stupid as that sounds, I feel like it hurt Cincinnati getting up to that lead and playing conservative the way they did, but still though, man, got to take your hat off that defense. That Cincinnati defense was legit. Yeah, and to me, I don't necessarily disagree that Cincinnati got uh, conservative. I just think their their weakness versus the Rams' strength, was, which was the line of scrimmage, the you know defensive line versus offensive line. I think it just they just got tired. Like I got I just think it started collapsing. Aaron Donald just started wreaking havoc in the backfield. Um, it it allowed for their other D linemen to open up, and Aaron Donald in that fourth quarter, especially that last drive, was just a menace. I mean. He was just all over Burrow, just throwing him down. Apparently, Burrow sprained his MCL in the game. Um, yep. 
asks for no medical attention. I mean, it's not that shocking. This just the guy he is. He is not coming out in the Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, they could not block 99. No one can block Aaron Donald. And uh, he was just wreaking havoc. I, I don't have a problem with Cup winning MVP. I think you could have made a case for Aaron Donald. Just because on the, you know, the fourth and one, which maybe he lined up offside on. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a referee. I, the blown calls are happens in football. Um, he made the stop on fourth and one. And on the last drive, he uh, had that big sack and then forced Burrow to kind of throw up that prayer that I swear Samaj P. Ryan should have given a, a little bit more of an effort for. Yeah, but, well, Ben, let me ask you this, though. So I actually didn't know this until yesterday when I was listening to a podcast. They said that, so in the Super Bowl, you vote on the MVP at the two-minute warning of the game. And so everybody picked Cooper Cup to win MVP at the two-minute warning. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that either. So that was before he had caught the touchdown. Because remember, he caught that with a minute. Yeah, no, a lot of people probably don't know that. And I trust this podcast because the guy who said it is the guy who's always on point. So I definitely trust it on on that. But so do you think that makes more sense? Yeah, do you think if that was the case that Aaron Donald would have won MVP? Um, I mean, listen, Cup had two touchdowns and one of them was the game winner. So like, like I said, I don't have a problem with Cup winning it. And honestly, like, I don't know. I don't, I, I guess it's Super Bowl MVP. You probably get more of an incentive. You get a bonus money for being the MVP. So it, it does actually matter. Um, I mean, listen, Aaron Donald's a first ballot Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer with or without a Super Bowl MVP. I, I don't have a huge problem with it. I think you can make a case for both players. Yeah, I agree with you. I still would have given it to Cooper Cup, man. I mean, at the end of the day, Aaron Donald made some nasty plays, but Cooper Cup was that entire offense, and he still found a way to – I mean, the Rams knew where the ball was going to Cooper Cup, yet he was still wide open making plays the entire drive. I mean, I kind think it's – no look pass. Exactly. Cooper Cup made that entire drive happen for him. I mean, that was the only way Stafford could even get the ball to him was with no looking him and taking their effort. I mean, that just goes to show you how on point Cooper Cup is with running his routes. Um, another thing, though, I will say I took away from this game, Ben – Aaron Donald might go down as the best one of the I mean I'd say he's in the top five defensive linemen to ever play football and there's been some damn good defensive linemen to play football but Aaron Donald's got to be there I mean this guy was a menace it's kind of like exactly what we saw in the NFC championship game Aaron Donald's always quiet he's not really the vocal leader like that but we've seen him twice now in the NFC championship game and in the Super Bowl where he kind of took his helmet off and he was laying into everybody on the sideline yelling and firing everybody up and he goes out there and he backs it up man he's not all talk he's all game Aaron Donald went out there and made the biggest plays of the game, made Joe Burrow uncomfortable, and he made it impossible for Joe Burrow to even have time to get a throw off. I mean, I think when we look back on everybody's career that we've seen play football, Aaron Donald's top five guys I've ever seen rush the passer and play the D-line. He's the best we've ever seen. Um, He's probably top five players that we've even ever seen, and that's including quarterbacks. Um, He's probably top two, not including quarterbacks. And so I heard – the PTI crew, uh, Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbon, Shannon Sharp, and Colin Coward uh, all said that he is among the top three defensive players in the history of football with Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White. You know, the crazy thing is, so that was why I didn't want to put him because did Lawrence Taylor play? Was he a linebacker or was he, he was a technically a line? He was technically a linebacker, but. He blitzed every single play. I don't, like, he I, did not drop in coverage. Yeah, I knew he was a pass rusher, but so. He did not have, like, his hand in the ground is what people consider to be a lineman. So him and Reggie White, I guess, are the top two for defensive linemen. But defensive players, like, 
I mean, if Bill if Bill Belichick says that Lawrence Taylor was the greatest ever, there's no reason to argue. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree with you completely on that one. I mean, see that those are actually the two names I had in mind. And uh, when I said Aaron Donald was probably in the top three, top five, I just want to go ahead and say it just because I hadn't thought of it through that much. But yeah, we didn't def- see Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor. No, absolutely. I mean, when I think of the best defensive players of our time outside of Aaron Donald, the only other pass rusher I really think of is J.J. Watt and James Harrison, and I would definitely take Aaron Donald over both those. Yeah, like Strahan's probably up there. Yeah, Strahan. Yes, I mean, Strahan is the all-time sack leader, but at the same time, he his, he is a speed rusher. Aaron Donald's a run star. I mean, the Bengals couldn't even really run he the ball in this game either. They have like 60 yards rushing. I mean, that's Aaron Donald and Sean Robinson right there, you know? But uh, also, too, the other thing I was going to say is I feel like corner's been more the beast position we've seen when we've seen Revis and Sherman, and um, there's one other one I'm forgetting right now off the top of my head. But anyway, that is beside the point. But yeah, Aaron Donald is that dude. Um, People need to stop comparing corners to Darrell Revis. There's no one even close to that man, like that we've seen. Like, like him and Dion are like, don't even say your boy. Don't even Who, say Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. I'm not gonna say Jalen yeah. Ramsey. I'm gonna say yeah. Richard Sherman, man. Look, I, I Sherman could be up there. Richard but he's not Sherman. Revis. People, I've I've had in depth arguments with people about it. Richard Sherman might not be better than Darrell Revis. I definitely put him up there. At the end of the day, the most dominant defense we've seen in our lifetime was the Legion of Boom. I mean, they held Peyton yeah. Manning to like seven points in a Super Bowl. That's unbelievable. And, direct, and Richard Sherman was the best player on that defense. Yeah, that defense was just, I mean, it was just the entire defense, not even just the secondary. Line, I mean, linebackers, they were just ferocious. Bobby Wagner. Earl, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. Yeah. Who was the other corner on that team? Um, Brandon Browner. Yeah, long gone Brandon Browner. He was a big dude. Yeah, he was. He was like 6'4", out there playing corner. But yeah, no, that, I think that I think that Rams D line is up there as one of the best we've seen. I mean, at the end of the day, they had a legendary player in Aaron Donald who helped lead. Shout out Dan this. Quinn, wasn't he the defensive coordinator? Yeah, he was. Too bad. <laughs> too bad he's a, he's the best defensive coordinator in the league, but he can't be a head coach. Hate to see it as Falcons fans, man. Um, shit, there was another point I wanted to make on this game. I can't remember remember what it was right now. But Ben, do you do you? I, I've seen the debate enough. Why not have it? Was this the Super Bowl defining career moment, Matt, or that, uh, or not the Super Bowl, the Hall of Fame career defining no. moment that Matthew Stafford needed, or does he have a lot more work left to do? No, I mean, if he he's not in the Hall of Fame in my books today, but I think Matthew Stafford's got five or six years left. Mm-hmm. It just depends. Like I think, and this goes for Matt Ryan too. Like both of these guys are finishing top ten passing yards and and uh, completions and possibly even touchdowns, but like the game has changed like the game is so more leaning on the aerial attack and the passing game now it's like these guys throw the ball a lot more and obviously that had stacked a little bit more i mean no i if if i was a hall of fame voter stafford is not in as of right now but yeah i think he can get in if he plays another four five six years Listen, yeah stafford stafford's responsible for the two greatest or two out of the three greatest wide receiver single seasons in history Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. I mean, you're only as good as your quarterback. Stafford's got to be responsible for some of those. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you on that. I still think Stafford has a lot of work left to do. I mean, like when you compare his stats to Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan. Like, what does he want? Three playoff games? I get that in the three is the Super Bowl, but still, no. though, that's like his first run. But at the same time, 
he played for the Lions. Detroit's kind of where players go to die, you know. It's just kind of like when the Expos yeah. used to be in the MLB. That's where careers went to die, you know. It's the same. It's the same thing. Or it's just like in the NBA when you get drafted by the Sacramento Kings. That's where careers go to die, you know. It's, it's the same thing. So I feel like that's kind of playing a factor in there as well. Um, anything it's just else? like it's 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 just uh it's like a reactionary take. He just won the Super Bowl. He played great in the playoffs. He was the best fourth quarter quarterback uh, in the playoffs all season. So. It's just very reactionary. He won a Super Bowl. People thought he was good. He goes to a team. He wins in his first year. It's just a reactionary take. It'll it'll settle down. Remember, when Mahomes won the Super Bowl. People are like, he's the next goat. He's not even close. Whoa, that's another that's another conversation for another day. But at the end of the day, he's Mahomes not even close. Mahomes needs. Yeah, I was about to say Mahomes is going to have to get two more rings before I want to bring that. I'm going to wait till exactly. he gets. But I'm people, not, I'm I'm not just saying, saying needs. I'm going to wait till he gets his next two rings, and then I'm going to bring that. I'm just one saying up. people brought it up, and it's like he was literally on a cover with Brady on Madden, and it was like goat and baby goat. Like stop that. That's nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it's a little soon for all of that. Um. <sighs> Any Ben, anything else you think we need to talk about from this game, man, before we uh talk about a little next year NFL stuff? No, we can move on to next year. So Ben, obviously it's way too early, man. We're probably gonna have Aaron Rodgers on a new team. We're probably gonna have Kurt have a couple other quarterbacks move teams, possibly Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. We're gonna have an NFL draft, obviously. We got a lot of shit going on in the NFL. Ben. Yeah, let's pick our let's do, let's let's overreact here and let's pick our way too early team that we would pick to win the Super Bowl right now. If you had to pick one team, who would you take? Out of the AFC, I think the top two teams are still the same top two teams. I think it's Buffalo and Kansas City, at least for the to to excel in the regular season and put themselves in a position to have home field advantage in the playoffs. Um, out of the NFC. Um, the NFC is tougher because let's see what the Rams can bring back. Um, nobody in the NFC East I will ever believe in. Um, nobody in the NFC South. I mean, honestly, like I think San Francisco, I think the Rams and that might be it out of the NFC. Like I don't believe in Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit, no one from the Falcons division. As of now, I'll say San Francisco and L.A. out of the NFC and Buffalo and Kansas City and the AFC. Yeah, so as of today, I would have to choose, obviously, I mean, I was going to pick Kansas City to win the Super Bowl, obviously. I mean, you all do that. Buffalo and Kansas City have the same odds right now. Um, Dallas. The Cowboys have like the four. Yeah, that's a yeah, joke. That it's the same say- story with them every year. They blow out their division, and then they can't beat anyone else outside the division. I mean, until they get a competent head coach in there as well, it's just not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Mike, you Mike know Mc- Jerry Jones is secretly, secretly wanting for them to fail one more season. Then he's going to throw the bag at someone like Sean Payton. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up. That was exactly what I was going to say. Look, not just I'm, I think Mike McCarthy is an idiot, but at the same time, I was thinking about this too. I was listening to listening to a podcast, and they were talking about how that like. Mike McCarthy did win a Super Bowl, so at the end of the day, he might be a dumbass, but he is, does have a Super Bowl, which not a lot of coaches get one of those. I think Mike McCarthy's probably one of the twenty bet was probably one of the twenty best guys to be your head coach. But at the same time, I think he's probably like number like ten to fifteen. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you can keep on running it back with him, but your odds are very low at winning anything. Or honestly, he's probably like number like fifteen. Honestly, so I mean, your odds of running it back with them are pretty low. Rather than you bring in someone else and spice it up and take a chance, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, and Jerry Jones isn't the most patient owner in the world, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, t- it's tough when you're the owner of the Dallas Cowboys to be patient on a, on a championship. You've been waiting this long, but they're definitely going to keep on waiting longer and longer. By the way, I can't believe the Buccaneers and the Packers are in here at 16-1 to 1 and 22-1 to because, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you can't really bet against those teams to win it, so I'm kind of shocked that they're not higher odds to try to see. Yeah, how are the Buccaneers 22-1? to 1? I mean, we don't even know who's going to be their quarterback next year. Apparently, Brady has better – Brady, who's retired has better MVP odds than some starting quarterbacks in the league. That's what I saw. Yep. Is that true? Yep, that he does. Possible? I mean, there's rumors that he's gonna that he's gonna sit out this year and play next year. There's rumors that he's gonna force his way to San Francisco. I mean, there's all kinds of random rumors out there that I'd love to see that honestly, Brady in San Francisco. I think so. I think the man's done. Yeah, I think he is done too. Um all right. I think he can still play, but I just think he's I think he's ready for the next chapter of his life. Yeah, no, I agree with you, too. I don't think he'd walk away from the He's game. He's going to kill he it, ready. whatever he does. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely on that, Ben. Um, all right, I think with it, that's – is there anything else you want to add on football before we move off it? No, nah, we can move on. All right, guys, in the coming weeks for football, we will have for y'all – obviously, we're going to be talking about free agency. We're going to be getting y'all prepared for the draft. but Get Joe Burrow some help. That's my yeah, last comment. Yeah, please get Joe Burrow some freaking help. My one of my best friends who lives in Cincinnati sent me a Snapchat today of him eating a humongous meal and said, "Road to three hundred thirty pounds so I can protect Joe Burrow with my life." <laughs> Figured everyone would get a kick out of that unreal. one. <laughs> Absolutely unreal. hilarious. But anyway, guys, we have one of my favorite events of the year coming up this weekend. It is the NBA All Star Break, and it is All Star Weekend, guys. So we're going it's in to Cleveland, keep- right? Yeah, it is in Cleveland this year. LeBron's coming back home, which I'll which might hint y'all to a pick I have for the actual All Star game itself here in a little bit. But guys, let's start things off a little bit on All Star Friday night. All Star Friday night is my actual favorite event of the entire weekend, and they have switched up the way it happens. This is the NBA's Rising Star Challenge. And I think it's the most fun to watch the youngest guys in the league all go up against each other. So the way they did it this year is they had a player pool draft conducted in honor of the NBA's 75th anniversary by Rick Barry, Gary Payton, Isaiah Thomas, and James Worthy. So in this draft, there's 28 players, 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, and four members of the NBA G League Ignite developmental squad. These are guys who skipped college basketball to go play in the G League and earn some money. And these are your four rosters you have here. You have Team Barry, which is Cade Cunningham, Dyson Daniels, who's a G League Ignite guy, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Alperin Shingun, Jayshon Tate, and Franz Wagner. Isaiah Thomas's team has Precious Achua, Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bay, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Jaden Hardy, who's also on the G League Ignite, and Isaiah Stewart. Team Peyton has LaMelo Ball, Scotty Barnes, Ayo DeSomo, um, Chris Duarte, but he was replaced by Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Scoot Henderson, what a name, uh, from the G League Ignite, Jaden McDaniels and Davion Mitchell. Team Worthy has Cole Anthony, um, Marjan Beecham from the G League Ignite as well, um, Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, Herb Jones, Tyrese Maxey, and Jalen Suggs. So, uh, look. Shout out Herb. Yeah, and so the way this is going to work, guys. By the way, Ben, Herb's coming on strong offensively lately. He's picking it up. So the way that these games are played, game one and two will be played until a team reaches 50 points, and then the winner of that game moves on to game three, which the the teams will play to 25 points. 
So the winner of Team A versus Team B and Team C versus Team D will play in Game 3, which is the championship. This comes on Friday night at 9 p.m., so it's going to be fun. It's Team Isaiah versus Team Worthy and Team Barry versus Team Peyton. I would come on here and give you all a pick, but I still want to think about this game more, and I'll give you all an official pick on Twitter for who I think is going to win each one of these games. But I'm going to say Team 2. Team two. That's what I'm thinking too, man. Like my, my initial thoughts of looking at, actually, I like team one the most, my initial thoughts looking at these rosters. I do think that Anthony Edwards and Halliburton and Des Baines, a nice little pairing, but they're lacking in the middle. The way I look at it is I feel like team one, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Franz Wagner. See, they have all the size. I've never seen Dyson Daniels play, so I don't know how good he is. They definitely are lacking a little bit in the guard position, but Isaac Okoro is probably the best perimeter defender in the entire competition. Then you give Kate Cunningham, I, um, Evan Mobley, and Franz Wagner to play with. I feel like they have a lot more size than these other teams, but at the same time, LaMelo Ball is the best player in the competition so, I mean, that team could be pretty solid, but they just don't really have the big men. You know, like Scotty Barnes is probably their biggest guy. So, I mean, is this going to be played like a real game or is it like an all-star game? <laughs> that's like the how thing. How much defense is going to be played? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I feel – I don't know. I feel like these guys are young. You know, like a lot of times, like I don't know if you remember back. Like I remember when Tim, when Tyree Irving was in his second year and Tim Hardaway Jr. was a rookie. Like they were going back and forth giving each other buckets. It was a – that was a fun little – like there would always be fun exchanges like that. You know what I mean? Then like the last two years they did it. They didn't do it last year, but the two years before that – it was Luca and the international players versus the USA guys. And of course, USA is just from these two stacked draft class in a row were just freaking stacked and beat the crap out of them. Somehow Vegas would line these games like minus five and they would have Donovan Mitchell, Kuzma, Trey Young, like literally Trey Young couldn't even start. That's how stacked up these teams were. And they would just smack them. So this is my favorite event, guys. Even before I bet on sports this is my favorite event to watch. I don't know why, but I just love watching the young guys go at it. It should be a fun one to watch on Friday night. Um, let's talk about all-star Saturday though, Ben all-star Saturday is just as good as Friday night is sometimes it's even better. And I think we're going to have another great one here again. So it's how they're doing things this year, guys, as always, they'll change up the skills competition this year. The skills competition is comprised of three teams rather than four big men and four guards going through a series of skills drills to see who the best are. This year, it is Team Rookie, who is currently plus 160 and is the favorite to win this competition. They have Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. Then we have Team Cavs, who, have, who are currently at plus 170. They have Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland. Then our last team is Team Antetokounmpo's, which is Alex Antetokounmpo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Theonis Antetokounmpo. Before I explain how the event happens, Ben, how awesome is that? They put all three of them on the same team for something. Listen, and you know they're going to go hard. These guys love competing. They love putting on a show for everyone. They're going to have a huge smile on their face. I hope they're mic'd up because Giannis is surprisingly hilarious. So it should be a fun event. I, the, I mean, obviously, there's a hometown team, which is great for the crowd. Everyone loves the Antetokounmpo brothers. And then, uh, I mean, there's three young guys. Giddy, what he just did, his performance in the garden. Cade Cunningham was obviously the number one pick. And Scotty Barnes, you know me, he was my favorite college basketball player last year. Outside of an Alabama guy. Yeah, same here. Just because he played for Florida State. That's why he's my favorite. And he was a beast. But, yeah, no, it should be a fun one to watch. Like you said, Ben, the key thing is there, everybody's going to care. You know the hometown guys are going to show out for the squad. You know the rookies are going to want to show out on the biggest uh, – probably outside of the playoffs. It's probably the biggest stage of the entire season for these guys. And then on top of that, 
you know the Antetokounmpo bros are always going to get there also. This is how this is going to work, guys. The first round, there will be shoot is the shooting competition part of it. So basically what happens is there's three spots on the court from 10 to 30 feet. Each one's worth a certain amount of points, like one, two, and three points. You can't shoot from the same spot more than once, and you get to shoot for 30 seconds. Round two, all three members of the team will participate in this passing round. And basically what happens is you have 30 seconds to pass the ball through moving targets and you can't pass from the same spot again. Round three, um, this is how it's good. It's called the team relay. So you throw an outlet pass into a moving target from the baseline. Then step two, you dribble down the court through three moving pylons. Step three, make a short shot in, a, in the lane. Step four, complete a three-point versus or automated defender. Step five, you uh, shoot in the opposite or you dribble the opposite bucket and score however you want. And then round four is from half court. Teams will take turns shooting from half court. Whatever team makes it the fastest wins the points for that round. Ben, what team you got winning this? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the rookies. I just think versatility is. I don't know anything about the like Alex and Dennis or. I don't know anything about them. If one of them can shoot, then I, I think them because they, Giannis can just do it all. I would imagine his brothers can do half of what he can do. Um, I'm going to go with the rookies. I, I think they're going to try pretty hard. Uh, they're probably the best collective shooters out of, out of anyone here. That Cavs team is brutal at shooting. Uh, I, I saw like Evan Mobley shooting like 27% or something or 22% from threes. Um, right now he's, he's been bad. So I'll go with the rookies. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with the rookies too, man. They're favored for a reason. Like you said, Giannis is cannot shoot the ball to begin with. I think the Antetokounmpo brothers are going to struggle with the shooting portion of this. Um, will be fun to watch them all team up. Like we said, but yeah, you know, man, I got to go with the, uh, I got to go with the rookies here. I just think it's a competition. Giannis standing next to Darius Garland. I'm just visualizing that. That is hilarious. Oh, it's going to be so funny watching him stand next to even Darius Garland standing in between. I hope when they walk out and they announce him that he's in between Allen and Mobley, it'd be hilarious just to watch him tower over him. Um, Story of my life. Let's go now. <laughs> I was about to say, I think you can relate with that one. Um, let's go to the next um, part of the competition here. This I got to the... start hanging out with Cody. <laughs> yeah. If you're imagining you, yeah, you hanging out with Cody and someone else who's tall on the other side. Um, let's go to the three point contest here though, guys, three point contest will consist of, um, eight members in this one. Surprisingly, good Zach list. Levine is still participating even with an injured knee. What were you about to say, Ben? I think it's a good list of participants. Oh yeah. We got some sharp shooters on this one, guys. So currently the favorite is Desmond Bain of the Memphis Grizzlies at plus 400 odds. He currently shoots 41.3% from three. Up next, you got Trey Young shooting at plus 500, shooting 37.2. Luke Kennard is third, shooting 42.8, and he's plus 550. Plus 650 is another 42 percenter guy and Patty Mills. At 40%, we got Zach Levine at plus 650. We also have Fred Van Vliet at plus 650 at 39.6. Carl Anthony Towns is in here shooting 40.6 at plus 800. And last but not least, CJ McCollum in here shooting 38.4 at plus 1,000. And he is the worst odds of anyone in the field. Ben, who are you picking, man? I'd love for Trey Young to show out in this event since I think the last one he was in, he kind of just like was joking around, not really taking it seriously. Uh, I'm going to go with the lefty. Give me the lefty, Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard is a sharpshooter that just does not get enough credit. Give me the lefty. 
so and for guys are sharpshooters. The fact that Carl Anthony Towns is shooting forty point six percent of the seven footer is absurd. No, it's insane. So I hate to pick the favorite, but I'm going with Des Bain, man. Des Bain's cold blooded. He's a he lights it up the way he shoots and everything. I feel like Bain's going to be able to pop some threes here, so I'm gonna pick him to win this competition. But I will be throwing on Bain, Trey Young, and Kennard all to win this competition. At the end of the day, one of those three guys win. I make some coin off it, and I think those are the three best picks. I think Kennard is like the slept on guy in between all of them. You know what I mean? Where did Bain play college basketball? TCU. TCU. Okay. Yeah. So I, th- I like Desmond Bain to come out here, though, and win this thing, man. I feel like the Grizzlies have had a great season. He's had a great season, too. I think he wants to make a name for himself, and this is really where he starts off winning the three-point contest. I think he takes the title, but at the same time, man, like you said, if Trey Young comes out here and takes seriously, he's going to bust all these guys' asses. So mm-hmm. I got to throw on Trey Young. And then Kennard, I mean, Kennard is probably the best. Kennard and Bain are the best two shooters in the entire competition. I'd take them, too. If I did pay, take anyone to make a three, I'd take them, too. So I got to throw on both of them. Um Let's move them now after this to, I mean, this is everyone's favorite one. It's been down in the past. I think it will be better this year, though. We have some better names, much better than we had last year. This is the NBA dunk contest. Currently, I've seen odds mixed around. I've seen Jalen Green anywhere from plus 150 to plus 200. Obi Toppin is putting at plus 250. I've also seen him at plus 200 tied with green. Juan Toscano Anderson of the Golden State Warriors is plus 350. And Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic is at plus 450. Ben, who thinks it'll win the dunk contest this year? Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. <laughs> I love it. That dude, that dude's sensational. And his brother can throw him down for, for Kentucky too. But uh, uh, this is like an event that, Obi Toppin just lives for it. Like as soon as he did, he come on the scene like his junior year in college, or maybe maybe he just had that one year shine. But um, I mean, this dude goes between the legs like a layup. Like it is so easy for him. I think he can get really creative with it. Um, I would love for him to win it, and then I'd love to see him maybe next year battle like a Zach Levine or in a John Moran or something. Obviously, John's not that healthy this year, but. I think Obi, Obi Toppin can jump and compete with the best of the best in terms of vertical leaps and dunking ability in this league. I'd love to see him show out. Yeah. Um, ben, I want to agree with you, man. I thought Obi Toppin got robbed at the dunk contest last year, so I feel like he'll come out here you know, with a better idea of what he needs to do to win and be a little pissed off, but – I'm actually going to go with the favorite here, and that's Jalen Green. Jalen Green's a rookie. hasn't quite had the season I think that he wanted to have this year. I mean, I picked him to win rookie of the year. I thought he would come out and translate instantly. I don't think it's translated over from quite yet, but Jalen Green can straight up fly. I think he's going to come flying in here and throw some down. He's got the hype and everything as being one of the big-time rookies. I think Jalen Green comes out here and shows out for the crowd and puts on a show and kind of reminds people that he is one of the studs of this rookie class. I like Jalen Green. Not a bad pick. Anyway, he throws, man. It down, he throws it down with authority. No, he does. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I think those two guys are the highest flyers. Cole Anthony, see, I feel like the small, the little guy jumping always has a chance. So I do feel like that gives Cole Anthony a little bit more of a chance than I think he'd have. Yeah, he can definitely fly. Um, Juan Toscano Anderson can throw down, but I just don't see it happening for him. Is he, the, is he on the Warriors? Yeah, he is. He plays a I, decent bit. He's a solid player, but I just don't think he's I'd almost an rather freak see, like that. I'd almost see, like, rather see Kaminga. Yeah, I'm sure they reached out to him, and he probably just didn't want to do it. But Kaminga's a well, freak, I mean, he's, man. He's doing the he's doing the skills challenge, or he's doing the uh, not the skills challenge. He's doing the rookie versus sophomore game, isn't he? So yeah, he is. 
So he's participating. So, I mean, listen, there's a lot of guys that you'd like to see in the dunk contest. They just, people say no. So there's plenty of options. I think we have a great dunk contest. Uh, I think we have a great three-point shootout contest. I like the changes to the skills challenge. I just kind of need to see it because I'm just more of a visual person. I mm-hmm. I think they're doing a good job. Yeah, I think they're all going to be fun, You don't want to keep it stale. You know, you want to change it up every once in a while. Yeah, and I think the skills competition is the easiest one to change up. I mean, we've seen plenty of formats. They used to do the one where it'd be like, where it'd be the a WNBA. Yeah, it was like they did. They did the one where it was like the WNBA player and NBA player like and a that. legend. That was fun. Like, and yeah, yeah, then they switched it to the to the big men and the guards and versus the guards. And then now they switched it up to this one. So you know, I like how it's evolved over the years. I'm glad they got rid of the horse competition. That one was pretty boring, honestly. But yeah, now I think we have a solid field, especially the dunk contest, man. I mean. Cole Anthony's a beast. I mean, he averages he averages almost a double double at point guard, and he's definitely get, gets at least like four or five rebounds as well. So he can stuff the stat sheet. And he's a dog. I mean, Jalen Green's one of the young up and coming stars. Obi Toppin. I mean, I still think Toppin's got a lot of potential. And Toscano Anderson, young guys. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they did a good job picking it. They didn't just pick a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for it. Yeah. All right, Ben. Well, if there's anything else you think we need to talk about, if not, I'll, we can go ahead and get out of here and call it quits for today. Go for it. Close it out. All right, guys. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. Um, Next coming weeks, we'll be talking a lot more basketball and whatnot, and then we're going to get things on track with draft and NFL free agency. But we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.